0: This is Kelly Schaefer from Atheist, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Crank it the fuck up.
1: Hi, everyone. Stop laughing, Uh, (laughs) please. Hey, guys. This is Irina from Silentium, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast.
2: And I'm Bruce. And I'm going to try and say my name like Rina. And this is Chris. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I was thinking about how I could roll my R's. I could
3: be Bruce. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> <That> <laughs> sounds, it, sounds, it sounds more Spanish than it does Finnish.
1: Really? I don't think there's anything more more like Finnish than the word perkele.
3: <laughs> anyway, today we're going to be talking with Kelly from Atheist. I know these guys have been around a while. I just saw them on the boat, which I think you want to ask them about, Chris. Oh, you better believe I do. And if you want to hang on one second, I know he's waiting on us. I'll go ahead and grab him. Okay. How are you, buddy? Hey, how are you? I got my partners on. my partner Chris and a guest. Sorry, your guest host, Rena. Say hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm
1: good. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for good. talking top
3: of you. Good morning. Good morning. I know it's early for you. you wanted to do this at like 11:30 at night, but. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How you been, man? I haven't seen you since the boat. I think that's the last time I've been to a live show as well.
0: Uh, yeah, that was our last time as well. I mean, um, just, you yeah, that was going to be the last of Um But yeah, I've been doing good, man. Just really, it's uh, been a prolific period for, for me uh, since quarantine started. I've written three and a half hours worth of atheist music, and I also wrote, uh, wrote an entire album of a brand new band that I put together, so it's been really, really, really cool. I've been very wow. busy.
1: Not bad.
2: So I guess so, you know. can say that you've been inspired.
0: Yeah, well, you know, having a lot of time on my hands uh, and a way to sort of capture ideas, I I've, I've set myself up a little studio and uh, just on my laptop and in the corner of my living room, and uh, I have a three-year-old, so a lot of I spend a lot of time at home with him. Um, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's just been really a, a great way to obviously hang out with family a lot more and, um, you know, just play a lot of guitar and I've just been writing like crazy. And, um, so I, I um, yeah, I can't complain about that. I just, you know, the, the, the opportunity to be out on tours, obviously been crushed on several occasions and we've missed out on, uh, on a couple of tours as a result of this, but we'll get through it. I hope, you know, and, uh just keep trucking forward and hopefully next year will be a better one but man what a waste of a year
2: yeah crazy right hey kelly um are you using headphones right now or are you speaking just into your phone
0: speaking just into my phone
2: do you have headphones that you could use with a microphone
0: Uh, um no if if
2: not can i just your head's kind of moving and we're losing some of what you're saying oh okay so like the voice sounds is this any better yeah yeah it's good just where some of the stuff you're saying is getting kind of taken away. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no,
0: yeah.
3: No, no, no worries no all. Be sorry. Yeah, it has been kind of a weird waste of a year. And, but you guys have done, besides all your writing, though, I think I've seen online that you've done uh, some retooling of the band as well, right?
0: Well, yeah, before, let's um, see, in November and December, we toured with Cattle Decapitation, and I, I brought in a bunch of uh, new guys, and um, it was a, kind of the, a line of change that was really... I went to South America with uh, with a different drummer and different bass player, and um, that didn't work out really well. But it went, the shows went well. The guys did a good job. It just, a, you know, as, in terms of putting a, a whole new band together, Steve Flynn, my original drummer, um, is you know he's still very much involved in the band. And we just kind of talked last year about the inability for you know, for him to be able to tour, and uh, and how important it is for us to get out. And over the years, we haven't been able to tour as much as we'd like to so i told him i said i'd like to bring in an understudy on the drums you know and so that that got the ball rolling on that and so i ended up just getting really lucky in finding this group of guys from berkeley who all know each other and uh, two of them playing a band together themselves um yoav our bass player yoav ruiz and anthony medalla and uh those guys play together and so anything one like one thing that's another and i i literally um you know just just put the retooled the whole band and, uh, and when did that tour and those guys just, just killed it and, uh, and really impressed a lot of people. And then, um, so I didn't get a chance to fully introduce them to everybody. Uh, so we thought the quarantine videos of them doing mother man and, and it's like Saw would be a good way to sort of introduce them to the world. Right. And, uh, and let everybody know that we'll be making a, you know, definitely making a record with these guys and they're just really, uh, they play this material better than, than, you know, almost better than we played it back in the day. And, uh, since we've been back together since 06, I, uh, you know, I've, I've been seeking this kind of a lineup, you know, we're just virtuoso players. Just all of them are really, really good, and they're super good people as well, and, uh, they're all great writers. And so, um uh, but, you know, I, me and Steve sort of keep control on the template of atheist, you know, so it's always sort of maintained. Uh, it's integrity and, and, you know, keep it in those guys have respect for that. And so all those things combined make them perfect candidates for, for new guys. And they bring a lot of life to the band, a lot of life to the live show as shows. And, uh, yeah. I can't say enough about them. They're great.
2: That's a, that's a really interesting dynamic to have where one of the members of the band is like, you know, I can't do the touring thing as much as I used to do. And then instead of leaving the band, like most people would do, he's like, well, I'll let you have an understudy, and, you know, you can go tour with them, but I still want to be part of it.
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, like, you know, cheat on my wife, so to speak. Like,
3: <laughs> 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 like,
0: you go ahead, honey. I don't feel like banging anymore, but I'll uh, you go ahead. No, but he, he just really can't, um, you know, he, he, he's such an important part of the writing process. He plays in such an unequal way on drums and anybody who's you know sort of listened to our catalog can attest to the fact that there's a lot of great drummers and many who play faster and and many who play heavier but nobody literally nobody plays like that guy and so he's he's key to um you know to kind of keeping you know and, and I wrote you know quite a lot of the stuff as well so we just have a a great way of maintaining the template which I think is really important um in, in moving forward and making a new record and uh, you know so he's uh you know and but you know, we've got a to tour and we've got to be able to, you know, in order to do business, we've got to be able to get out and tour. Plus I want to get out and tour. And so we have different lives, you know, he, he's very involved in the corporate world and I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still doing the exact same thing. i you know, I've always done play music and, and, and tour and, and, uh, this is my love and passion. So it worked out nice. And, uh, that tour worked out really well. And, and, um, you know he actually came to the show in atlanta and was just blown away it was weird for him because he literally had to watch somebody have uh watch his spouse have sex with somebody <laughs> 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 <Right>. <laughs> in front of a bunch of people <laughs> that, were, that were cheering them on <laughs> all right yeah it was uh it was cool though and um so yeah, we're um. So it it really was unfortunate when the virus came because we were just hitting a a, a stride. Uh, after that tour, we did the you know the seventy thousand tons of metal and that was a blast and and those guys were really well received there as well the new guys and yeah you know there was a lot of people who were like oh man you know this is you know, there's always somebody that's got something to say about, Oh, it's just, you know, the atheist cover band. No, it's not. You know what I mean? It's guys, it's, it's kids that grew up on this music. When I say kids, you know, they're like 23 to 29 years old. And, um, you know, they grew up on, the, on this music as well and they have a lot of respect for it and, and how it's played, how difficult it is to play. And, uh, they took a lot of time and, and paying attention to detail. And if you watch those videos, those kids are, Playing it as, as good as it can be played. <laughs> I, I watched <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I
2: watched them uh, before we got on on the air here, and I was just like, "Holy shit!"
3: Yeah, yeah. Just,
0: I've been able to find a drummer that can play like that. You know, um, there's so many little tiny things that Steve does that are, are really hard to find somebody to, that that can that can go between the speed and and then have that kind of complexity as well. And so Anthony did a really phenomenal job. And then obviously bass, you know, our bass player being really really important. Um, you know. This kid is like just—he's unbelievable, man. He's just—he's a, a great performer as well, and so uh, I feel really lucky. And I just hate that we we can't get out of this fucking virus. Yeah, I <laughs> saw you, know, right, you
1: mentioned that you were at the seventy tons of metal cruise, and you know how a lot of people have gotten stranded on the boats. Can you just imagine that happening? Like, you know, oh. <laughs> men and you're stuck well, got- there.
0: I gotta say that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be bad to get stuck on seventy thousand tons. Of no, day. Okay.
2: <laughs> I, I, I have a disclaimer. So my
1: some, some of my Can best you collaborations. I, what's that? Can you imagine the collaborations that could oh, come
0: yeah. up? Oh my god! Yeah, no, no question. We'd have to fly in a few laptops to record with, but uh, you know, definitely that would be a, a if nothing else, some great nights of karaoke. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hell, hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're on seventy thousand tons of metal now. How was your? Was that your first time on the cruise?
0: No, we we did uh, two thousand
2: eleven. Oh shit! Um, that was the inaugural yeah. year.
3: Yeah, I was there. That um, was out of Miami on the small boat.
0: Yeah, it was a good time. That's and,
3: actually
0: uh, where I met this, Chris. Yeah, see now see that was Chris's. <laughs> I I that's actually where I met Chris as well. Funny story <laughs> is that that was the very first time I met him, and within I don't know a couple of hours we were on stage together. Um, he, he was the first sort of new guy, um, virtuoso, you know, like a really great player, kid who, who I, don't have to, I don't have to sit and, and teach them the music. You know, I mean, there's some people that can just pick things up, you know, and, and that's the kind of guys that I really wanted to play with guys that can hear what's happening and, and be able to recreate it. And so that was my, he was friends with um, a guy that used to play with his name, Jonathan Thompson, who played the bass and. and guitar on jupiter and um he wasn't gonna be able to continue on with the band and he's like oh i know this guy chris and so uh i was like okay well and he was in atlanta where steve flynn was and so steve did that that show with us and um he said uh this, this kid's got it man and so i literally he was my roommate on the, on the boat as well and um you know i, I just knew he was going to be good because he was asleep when we first got on the boat he was sleeping and then i went down to the um to the, to the, one of the bar areas and they were having like a, an open jam and everybody was up kind of playing and uh, playing maiden and playing this and that. And I know that he also played in a, in a cover tune band. So I woke him up and I said, Hey man, you should go down to jam with these guys They're struggling to find somebody to lead the way. He jumps up out of bed, goes down there within minutes. He's, he's crushing out maiden <laughs> tunes on, that's great. you know, and, uh, and he just, you know, playing it note for note. And I was just like, yeah, that's our dude. And, uh, so yeah, that time on stage was our first time. You know, sort of seeing each other, meeting each other, and uh, on on that boat. So nice. um, now I got a whole band full of them. They're just uh, just really, really good. They all read and write music. And- so here's a oh, question: just, Which
2: which which cruise was crazier, 2011 or 2020?
0: 2020, easy. I mean, uh, yeah, 2020 was, was on fire. Yeah, yeah, it was just. So I remember just being with. um, from at the gates and and, uh, and everybody watching Exodus on the last night and the, the wind plus the weather yeah um yeah, that one night walking on the top deck was 50, 60 mile an hour winds and smoke blowing all over the place from the from the stage you know the, it was just I don't know it was very metal plus, so
3: plus plus really there was metal. Emperor
0: yeah <laughs> among other things shit at the yeah. gates uh, so yeah p- oh, yeah you know, suffo uh, yeah I so was so pissed off
2: that I missed it because my wife was like. She's only allows me to go every second year. So <laughs>
0: I don't like those odds.
2: <laughs> well, I know. And I said, well, I gotta go. And, and she's like, well, no, you went last year. And I was like, Oh, cause
0: yeah, my, my wife got to come with me this time, which is yeah. really nice. And, and, uh, that was, that was a good time for her as well she hadn't, she doesn't really get to see that side of my life at all. And, um, so that's, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun and, uh, you know, good, good, a chance to, because we have a brand new, you know, not brand new. He was only two and a half at that point. He's three and a half now, but, but, uh, you know, it's so it hard to get away and get a little vacation. We didn't, you know, we've been locked down with a kid for, <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. So all in all, it was just a really, really good time. And, uh, I just can't say enough about that cruise and the, the people who run it. And, Andy and is the, amazing. Um, me and John Longstreet did the, uh, the, the, the buggy tour in Mexico and, um, so we had, you know, we just made the most of it. I just, I wish I'd, I mean, I don't know how I could have had more fun, but I still wish I'd have known that that was going to be it.
3: Right, know, the end for, for a year. <laughs> right. I would, right.
2: Okay. So, question: What was your bar tab at the end of the cruise?
0: Oh man, we we spent about twelve hundred bucks. I mean, <laughs> I have I mean, it was it was a lot. Um, that not really though, because you know. Over the course of of, I mean, I we drank a lot more than that. Many people were very kind to me and bought me lots of shots. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was uh, twelve hundred bucks and um, you know, with tips and everything. So, so those it, it was you know, but but it's you know, I didn't I, I because we played, and my cabin was free and uh, right. you know all the food all the food was phenomenal and just it, you know it's just like a metal just the best time. It's like going to it's like yeah, it's like going to a going to a town, a floating town full of all the people that are like minded. You know, like everybody and there was just no fights, no bullshit. It's just the metal the metal community is just unlike any other music fan base, you know, and people that don't involve themselves in it are people that have a preconceived notion about it are just fucking stupid. They're just yeah, you know, it's such true. a great group of people.
1: Yes it is. There is definitely like a sense of family and and just belonging like in this entire group, like here in Finland, we have, I don't know if you've ever played the Tuska Festival, which was of course also cl- canceled this year, but it's always the festival with the least or actually zero incidents for the police to come in and take care of. And apparently the worst festival is the Tango Fair for the middle-aged people who do like this. And I'm not being <laughs> like, you know, the actual, like, you know, passionate tango that they do in portugal or whatever this is horrible evergreens kind of boring <laughs> stuff, where like this is something people dance you know. in crowded space and then get into a lot of drunken fights so that's always- yeah,
0: i think you know if you get into middle-aged people and it shows and i think it's a lot of amateur night where they're not used to party and they're not used to being sort of elevated Alcohol or smoking or whatever, and and then next thing you know, there's there's issues. Uh, What's funny, but also about metal is that the most you know six foot six Viking looking scary guy in the world will end up being the nicest guy you'll meet on the on on the boat. You know, like these large intimidating looking men. Are just the sweetest, kindest guys, you know. What I mean, but they look like they'll just pull you apart limb from limb, and they probably uh-huh. would. But, but they just, you know, they're just very, very kind people. So yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions about metalheads, and I think, um, you know, it's just a visual thing. It's just judging a book by its cover. I think is is primarily what what people do, and they're they're just missing the boat on a lot of very, very good people.
2: You know, and this stuff. is actually in 2011. I wasn't a metalhead. I liked modern rock and like older hair metal. I mean maiden I liked, but I wasn't a metalhead. But because Andy is a good friend of mine and he was putting on the cruise, I went to support him. I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll I'll go and check it out. And I, you know, at the time I dressed I was a golf. I golf a lot, so I all I had for summer clothes was the golfing outfits and shit. And um <laughs> And I go there, and I'm dressed in, like, you know, a collared shirt and a fucking Titleist hat and some fucking, you know, shorts or whatever. And everyone's like, what the fuck is with this guy? And,
0: and, There's a cop. Yeah, he's a cop. Yeah. He's
2: but, but because of that, everyone just was like, you're so fucked up, and they embraced me. And yeah. i have never had such a familial experience like, like, I I ended up becoming really good friends with the guys from Epica, and we were like fucking shooting tequila and Britta from Cripper, and like shit got fucked up. Like we were wasted yeah. all four days. My bar bill at the end of that was like nine hundred dollars. <laughs> and
0: I, I yeah, it gets up there. You don't think about it too, because you just you just have that card. That's dangerous. Oh, it's You, know, you just dangerous. show your little your little uh, your little crew card or whatever that that card is they give you. to just swipe 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 for four days. And it's funny to when you're leaving the boat and you look at people who, who, who clearly have fucked up and, and, like <laughs> and when, more than they have, than yeah. they have. <laughs> they're stuck at the front desk going, well, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know how my bill got so high. It's like, see you later. Oh man, I got off that boat
2: and I had, I was supposed to be going with the crew to the hotel, but I got lost. I, was, I stayed up all night for karaoke and I was just fucking so hungover. And oh, I had, I, I got off the boat and I had no idea where the fuck I was. And I'm sitting on this oh, bench man. and like all these people that I partied with the night before were coming by like, Hey, where are you going? I'm like, I don't fucking know. And I had no <laughs> idea. Said, I'm going to
0: play, going to play golf. I
2: had, I had, I had, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea where the hotel was. I didn't know fucking nothing. So I'm just sitting on the bench and I'm thinking to myself, Well, I have my credit card and I guess I could fucking find some wi-fi and try and get a hotel i was just like what the fuck am i gonna do i just sat there for like two hours just like guzzling <laughs> water not pissing because i was but so dehydrated it's
0: cool. <laughs> it is quite an experience man i mean it's yeah. uh and you know when you come off it i mean you know four days of banging that hard and that many bands and, and that many people and just all the elevator rides that's one of the fun things too you never know who the hell you're gonna get on the elevator
3: with oh yeah absolutely
0: a- any one of 62 bands you know that you've watched you know over the years or you know or be a new band or old band that's just you know or, end up on the elevator with everybody
3: <laughs> or someone dressed in an inflatable dick costume because I saw a lot of them too <laughs>
0: oh, <yeah. laughs> oh man! in 2011'm yep. I'm,
2: I'm hanging out at the bar on the last night and I'm drinking uh a lot copious amounts of booze and I'm <laughs> sitting there and I was talking I can't even remember uh this woman's name but I'm sitting there and uli walks up and he's just like hey guys how are you doing? And, like, I just chatted with Uli for, like, 30 minutes. I was just, like, holy fuck, did that just happen?
0: Like... It's a great experience. I mean, if you're a metal fan, you know, I, I encourage everyone to go to, because, I mean, you just, there's really no other festival experience around that allows you that kind of contact with, you know, bands you've looked up to for, for years or bands you've listened to for years. And, uh, you know, you just it's pretty hard to not run into, you know... I mean, you know, just if you think about it, you know possessed was on on this last year you know and it's like running into him all the time for four days was really cool because you know we've known of each other for decades but never had a chance to to hang out like that and so uh, yeah and then the casino and (laughs)
2: Oh, so to
0: do.
2: <laughs> you mean the
0: smoke sino
2: yes <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> well i'm a smoker so yeah, that yeah. was my retreat you walk in there and it's
2: just like you're swimming through a fog of cigarette smoke
0: <laughs> yes indeed
1: Can yeah, you remember when that okay I, shit, i'm talking as a finnish person but like you know in finland smoking in bars was banned like over 10 years ago or something and it was so like weird to get used to that because it you got used to the whole sea of of smoke. Oh, yeah. Norm. Yeah. And I, I, of course, smoke myself sometimes, and and at that time did smoke a lot, and you would go through at least one pack of cigarettes in two hours just, you know, downing the
0: Just drinking, yeah.
1: Yeah, in in a pub. And it it felt like such a weird thing at first that you didn't have that, that you would, uh, like, after a night at a bar, you came home and your underwear didn't reek of cigarette (laughs) smoke. hard to deal with that when you get to when i've been to like germany or some places where they can still smoke at least in some bars and you're just like oh my god ew (laughs) (laughs) you know the core thing of that evening just chain smoking
2: i'm an ex-smoker yeah i'm an ex-smoker except on seventy thousand tons of metal there's just something Uh. there's just something about being on that boat and the cigarettes, you could buy a carton for like thirty bucks. I'm like, fuck it, yep. let's go.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and we just, yeah,
0: there's just lots of time on your hands and stuff. So you know, it's, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's goes say in hand. If I didn't have to eat, drink, smoke, wake up, or any of those things, then I could stop smoking. But you know, <laughs> here's I'm, I'm a question. Right. Here's a
2: question I have. Then you're <laughs> on the boat, and a lot of people lose their voice on the boat, it, be it from screaming or just change in environments air conditioning to non air conditioning back and forth. How did you deal with that aspect of performance?
0: I, I had, I had just come off of, um, off of that tour. So I was pretty greased up and, and, and ready to go. And I'd also been sick on the tour and, and healed. And in a lot of ways, I feel like I had COVID. I feel like the whole tour, the cattle decapitation tour, the, there was five bands and we all got, everybody at some point got, you know, bedridden for a couple of days and, uh, until it was showtime and, uh, Including our crew and you know not knowing what it was, we just thought oh, it was just normal flu cold. But it was it was really bad though. We were you know um, I remember our our sound guy who was a big big pot fan. And we were in Colorado and we couldn't wait. We talked about it for the whole trip. Can't wait to get to Colorado, get some weed and mm-hmm. and, uh, and go go to the to the pot shops. And he couldn't get out of bed for two the two days that we were there. And we had one day off. And so it was. I, I knew, uh, it, but of course I didn't know that it was COVID until we, right once I got home. I realized well i think i think that we probably had that you know because each of us just went down and out for about two days really really bad and nobody went to the hospital or anything we just kind of roughed our, our way through it but but i'm just my voice is um just so you know i don't know i, I get i get now on 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 tour sometimes during the day uh, after after a night of talk it's talking that really fucks me up you know and i end up being the guy that does all all the interviews and talking to a lot more people than everyone else so after after screaming, you're supposed to be quiet for an hour, you know, and not talk at all. And I do the complete opposite of that. And so sometimes when I wake, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Oh, you know, and, and I have to spend all day kind of whispering just to make sure that I'm good to go for, uh, for the evening. So, you know, but on that, on the, on the boat, I was fine. I, I was, uh, I think I, my voice had gotten used to it at that point. I, we just did 30 shows in a row and, and so I was, I was back in, back in action again. But yeah, if you're not touring on a regular basis, you get out there and start talking and drinking and screaming and talking, drinking, screaming, and at <laughs> and night, night, and then before you know it, you're like, ah, shit, I'm <laughs> <So. laughs> fifty. You
1: want a tip that helps with that? Actually,
2: yeah, that? I do.
1: I have a tip for you. You just need to take like a glass of water that is is warm, not hot, but warm. And just just a tiny pinch of salt in it, and then you gargle with that water. Do really? it for like minutes. yeah, it relaxes well, your throat. I relax- have this
0: stuff called this stuff called throat coat that is uh, that I learned I, I got from actually being on tour with Ozzy in 2002. Um, I noticed that he was drinking this orange shit on stage, and I was like, what is that? And uh, so the crew guys were like, oh. They got it at catering. we will go get it. And it's called throat coat and it, it'll get you through anything. Like no matter how bad your voice is, if you need to get through 45 minutes or an hour and you drink this tea, uh, it just lubricates your throat in a way that I've never, never had anything, uh, more, more effective. And, um, really? I always, t- I always tell people about it all the so, time. Yeah, it's literally called throat coat and oh, it's good. just brilliant. And, and um, you. and what's that?
1: Thank you. Like I'm a vocalist, and I tried to give you a tip, and turns out you're giving. <laughs>
0: oh, listen, I <laughs> I, I uh yeah, I can't say enough about it, and, and and good old Ozzy, you know that's where it came from. Just I figure, well, shit, damn sure works for him, right? Um, you know he's like 70 years so. old. Well, at that time he was only maybe 65, but but uh you know he's uh he had a big big glass of it, and I remember him um I remember him uh in the middle of one of the show I watched him like 28 days, and we were like just. I would go to dinner and then come and see Ozzy every night. It was just a dream tour. <laughs> it was awesome. But, uh, and I'd see him finish the cup of orange stuff and, and scream for his, his, uh, stage manager to bring him more. And, uh, and, and that's what made me go, what the hell? What is that? <laughs> and, uh, luckily they had it at catering every morning. So my tour manager would always, uh, you know, go get it for me. And I would start the day with that. And oh, cause cool. a lot of times we were playing really early, like, uh, Ozfest, um, 2002. We we were the very first band on the very first day at 9:30 in the morning. Ugh, so we have to, you know, you got to get up at 7:30, and that's just very non-metal hours. And, and,
2: uh, <laughs> Especially when you're on Ozfest. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh God. It's just, and, and then you know, and then you're essentially at a you know, you play for 20 minutes, and then the rest of the day you're at this fucking amazing concert, and day after day after day after day. Uh, you know to wear you down just to talk about a, a that was a just a complete journey from two and a half months of of <laughs> uh, and i've never been a part of anything like that in my life so seventy thousand tons of metal in OzFast to two very um you know high high points in my career in, in terms of fun and and really just doing exactly what i want to do and and that's that's the life i i you know I enjoy living even though i you know i don't have mansions and, and 401ks and all that, you know, life is about living and, and that is living, you know, and that is, that is having a lot of fun and, um, you know, I enjoy it a lot.
2: I just Did found ever- Throat Quote on Amazon. It's cheap, man. Yeah,
0: it's not expensive and I don't know what the hell's in it, but. It says <laughs> Slippery <laughs> Elm. That's what it says. Slippery Elm. There you have it. Yeah, I have no idea it's, what is. it is. It, it's just oh, like, yeah. you can be, you can be really hoarse and just. You know, shit. I gotta go on stage. I gotta go on stage. What am i gonna do and drink a big cup of it. And and you can even have it on stage and and feel the difference in between songs. So uh, as a vocalist, yeah, you definitely wanna you wanna make friends with Coat, for sure. <laughs> you're yeah. welcome. He's
3: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So Kelly, I know we talked about it briefly, but do you ever imagine you'd still be doing this so many years later? I mean, you said you're 50, so you're right around my age. It's yeah. a long time, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I I kind of did, man. I can't ever imagine. I, you know, I've been doing it for since I'm 15, and uh, it's just it's not even really what I do. It's who I am, you know. I can't imagine not making music. It's a uh, it's a bit of a it's like having a car with no exhaust pipe, you know. I mean, oh, right? I, I, I need I need an exhaust pipe, um, and everybody I think needs that. I think that's one of the problems with the world is where everybody's so fucking tense and and, and argumentative and divisive, and uh, because they don't have an outlet. Yeah. You know, to, like I, I don't have to punch anybody in the face. I can write a song that punches you in the face. You yeah, cathartic uh, for not, sure. Yeah, and it really helps me a lot. And I think that it's just become such a part of who I am that I just, it's not even, uh, you know, people around locally, you know, I see people and they don't really know what, what's going on with the band because, you know, it's an underground thing and unless it's on mainstream news, they think, oh hey kelly how you doing you know are you still uh you still playing music i'm like nah man i'm trim trees now you know i don't <laughs> i mow lawns uh, you know I, I of course i still play music I, I, it's like asking me like do you still drink any fluids mm, right right. <laughs> yes i do i actually still think in fluids uh, but uh, you know it's just people don't understand that you know the how you know how woven into your soul music can be and especially if you're playing and creating music for any if you've had any sort of success at all, that's obviously a lure to, you know, to keep going. And you uh, know, it was just really inspiring to, to watch atheists sort of come back after 17 years and have that many people give a shit. Right. Yeah. It's really hard. There's a lot of bands making music over a lot of years, hundreds of thousands of bands, lots of songs, lots of, you know, great players. The fact that, you know, to make any piece of art that lasts for 30 years is just really hard to do man and so i i think that was an inspiration as well just always like you know kind of um kind of a signal from from the universe to you know just keep, you know just keep doing what you're doing you know and just keep, keep making music and it matters to to people and, and and uh you know i i i look sometimes at local bands that are you know they've been doing it for a long time, and I wonder where they get their strength from. You know, I mean, right. uh, they, they, you know they've been bashing it out for 25 years, and still nobody cares. And uh, <laughs> so I don't know how right. they get their, their motivation. You know, I mean we get our, you know, we get our, our our juice from the crowd, you know, and playing tours and stuff. And you know, and it, it, so if you start to lose momentum, you get out on tour, and you're reminded of of how you know how that 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 relationship of playing. I always think about it like, you know, these invisible waves, you know, like you're, you get up and and with your instruments, you create these invisible waves that hit people and then they react in a way that mm-hmm. hits you back. And next thing you know, you've got this, this combination of energy that's just unprecedented. And and, 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 you know, I've, I've never had a job or I've never done anything in my life that ever gave, gave me that kind of juice back, you know? And, uh, a lot of people put effort into things, you know, whether it's building houses or <clears throat> doing all these things, but the house never gives you anything back, you know. Right. Uh, you know, they, when you make noise, if I scream and I go, make some noise, oh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a power that, you know, aside from being a, a, a large political leader or a large motivational speaker, not that many jobs allow that kind of response, you know, where you can just go out and dominate 40,000 people. And just you know, uh, that's a lot of fun. You know? <laughs> now, yeah. if I had to go out, if I had to go out in front of four people, that would scare the shit out of me. Um, mm-hmm. Small, you know, really small crowd. Like I cannot do karaoke for nothing. It scares the shit out of me. Like and people are like, really? like crazy. Like you go out in front of and sixty thousand people, and that doesn't bother you. I'm like, fuck no. I would love that. That's that's easy. You know. I mean, get out and it's easy to control that many people it's also easy to lose your ass out there too if you're not but, but I mean as long as you're confident you got a good band the only reason you would be at fucking anyway is if you had a band that was worth a shit so I mean right. uh, so yeah, that kind of is the precedent but I, I you know I, I love walking out and just you know ha, ha, communicating with thousands of people all at one time you know I just feel like I'm having a conversation with, with a really large group of people and uh, it's a lot of fun you know, it
1: That's it. great. Definitely, I need to take you back a little bit to when you said, like, you know, that there's the cosmic influence or cosmic sign that things should be in a, in a certain way, and your band should go on and so on. I think there was some cosmic, um, what's the word, um, guidance today as well, because I was looking at your Spotify and where people listen to you the most, and there's Santiago, Mexico City, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Helsinki.
0: Finland. Ah, nice. We had a great show up in in, in Finland. I I can't wait to go back there. One of my favorite things about Finland was the guys, like some of the most beautiful men I've ever seen in my life. I was like, look at the hair and the features on these, like finished metal dudes who are just rugged dudes, but like they they just look so different. Like they're just, they they all look like models. Like there was a lot, not all of them, but I mean, you know, there's something about Finnish people really beautiful um features that I noticed right away coming from the States. And you know, you get around you know, you twin around Europe, you see the different features, you get up into Scandinavia and, and you see the women are all six feet tall in Norway and you know, and all the men are big Vikings why, and, and why so you sure you
1: came here, dude.
0: Like seriously
1: <laughs> Are you sure you <laughs> <don't>?
0: <laughs> Well think about it, you know, like you know, I, I you know, the the, the the quality of hair Finland was also a big deal. I noticed that everybody had super healthy hair. And so I was like, I was inquiring to all the promoters like, what is, what's the water supply? Where where do you get the water supply? (laughs) I'm super curious about how everybody's hair was so fucking awesome. You know? And my, my, my next favorite thing about Finland was everybody's battle jackets. Their battle jackets are unlike anybody else in the world. Like they're, yeah. Well, and also they're, you know, not even just battle jackets because it's so fucking cold. Uh, their leather jackets were so legitimate and so rugged, and, and, uh, and, you know, whereas if you go to a show in America, you see some kid who, 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 you know, maybe wears his jacket twice a year, he breaks it out to go to the concert to, to fit in, you know, and it, it's not that at all in Finland. In Finland, it's like you can tell that guy has fought, he is fucked, he's fucking done everything in that jacket. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I, I like that. I thought that was really, uh, quality so I can't say enough about Finland. Great great fucking show. We played the um, what was it? Yalamatali? Yeah. What? Is that
1: how you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yalamatali Festival. Yeah, yeah.
0: Great festival. Yeah that was that was so much fun and um but I, I uh yeah I, I think it's interesting though. One one of the great things about this this job and playing music I hate to call it a job, but just playing music is, you know, where else do you get the ability to, to see that many different nationalities and different you know, just different kinds of people in the way carry themselves and the way they dress and the way they react to music and um but you know all with this common denominator of, of a love of extreme music and uh, yeah, i just i think people miss out on it you know i mean i think a lot of people that are mainstream just miss out on that uh it's a true family of, of um you know of unique people of all shapes and sizes it's really cool right.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is what I mean. And like, uh, it doesn't matter which country you go into. Like, you know, the mutual love of metal and the sense of family does like extend like over any border of any country. And it's like your home wherever you go.
0: And seventy K is a perfect microcosm of that yes. because you've got I don't know what seventy countries with the people represented on that boat, and uh, and just everybody's you know just so nice and and uh, I mean, just it's just yeah it's, it's a great thing and, and you know I don't think you get that out of rock and roll or blues or, or I don't any think other you find that
3: in any other genre at all,
0: no, not even punk rock I don't no. think. I think I think punk rock is just so there's they're so hell bent on being angry that that they kind of lose the you know the idea that you know the anger can come to the music you don't have to be a dick in person you know right. <laughs> I, like, I like
2: I like what Andy calls seventy thousand tons of metal where he he calls it the United Nations of heavy metal absolutely oh. nice. <laughs> <laughs> It yes. is,
1: it in my is. my experience, the hardest group to infiltrate was the hippies. They were just like, hey, you're not one of us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and, and you'd think that they would be the, the people that would, you know, with the, with the peace and love and everything, that they would be more sort of open to that thing. But actually there's that that quality that sort of flies into the, you know, with the camping and everything in, in festivals in Europe. Um, everybody's just really helpful to each other. And sometimes, you know, I've I noticed, over the years, somebody goes to a festival and they really something happens. They lose their, their friends or their friends have to leave. And suddenly they make new friends and now they've, yeah. now they're camping out with their new friends. And before you know, you know, they're just, they've developed this huge bond with these, you know, people from an entirely different culture. Another thing I love is being able to go and smoke pot with kids in different countries and say, let's, you know, Let's let's go and we go over by a car, just like I did when I was 16. You know, and you go and you have a you have a conversation about music while you're getting while you're smoking, and uh and and then I get to you know they're kind of like I you know I, I can't believe that you know a guy from atheist is here smoking. And I'm like well I, you know I am I am you man I you know we're the same right. you know it's oh, I just happen to I just happen to have a band that you gave a shit enough about to to you know, to look into and then, you know, especially young kids, I tell and I like to hear their stories, like how did you find my band? And their stories are similar to when I was young and I've discovered early Slayer and Early Metallica and, and early Merciful Fade and riding around in the car getting high with my friends in high school and, and they have those same experiences but different, you know, in a different culture and uh it's just uh I'd love I am a kind of a you know I'm, I'm I like the psychology of it all, you know, and why, why, how did you How did you find this? And it's always some weird one, one time in Norway, I'm having a conversation for the longest time with this guy and he's drinking red wine. And I, and I was noting that in Norway, people seem to like drink a lot of wine, you know, and the, but the guys that look like in America, they would be drinking a Bud Light, but these guys are, are literally like swirling their wine and these really nice glasses. <laughs> and, and so, and uh, it was like, you uh, know, so I'm talking to him and talking to him and he's telling me uh, you know, he's like, I, I went to the woods with two cassettes, uh, atheist piece of time and obituary uh, cause of death. And I kicked heroin and I'm wow. like, wow, it's holy shit. And, uh, you know, I mean, people tell me a lot of crazy stories, but you know, he, he, he said, literally I had my, my radio, my music, and those were the two cassettes I had. And I went out and I don't, I can't remember exactly how many days, but out in the snow and the cold, and he went out and, and toughed it out and, and got off the heroin. And, uh, turns out that the guy was the singer for turbo negro oh wow <laughs> I, was like, I was like holy shit uh, <laughs> i had no idea like how big they were there either and i had just seen them play for um in in the states with queens of the stone age and so the whole time i'm, I'm having this conversation with him i just thought oh well, a really interesting guy but he did not look like he played the band at all you know he had a suit on and and uh was drinking the red wine and but he had a big beard and everything but but, uh, and I was shocked. And then he was like, Oh, no, no, I, I play music. And I was like, "Terminator, Negro? What the fuck? What was guy? And so then it just took on a whole another level of, uh, you know, just all kinds of interesting things you hear on the road. But I'd love to hear how people discover bands or, or, or what, you know, what role. I almost feel like, you know, when I meet people, it's, a, they, you know, it's like we've known each other for a really long time. You know, I mean, and, and, and that's how it is. If I made music 30 years ago and, and somebody my age, like on the American tour, a lot of guys my age came up and said, "Dude, I, I grew up listening to your music, and it's like I understand that." I and I, I'm just so grateful to to be in a band that that mattered that much to where you know it stayed with people for thirty years. Because I have a lot of bands that are staples in my diet, my music diet, sure. as I call it. And and um and so it's just nice that um you know if when it's all said and done, really the money doesn't matter as much as leaving behind a really quality sort of footprint in music and um so it's a nice feeling to at least know that uh when i'm gone my three-year-old will you know grow up and 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 discover the impact that you know that i made musically and hopefully be proud of me you know and uh so that's more important than making you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to me
3: awesome kelly that's all i've got i know we kept you a long time here sorry if we
0: uh oh man i'm i'm a chatty fucker so um. no, that's
1: good <laughs> no, <I do> not.
3: <laughs> Chris, you got anything
0: i don't man
2: uh just for i mean i can't really say for those of you that don't know who atheist is because obviously everybody does but where where can they find you
0: um well you know what can really help the band out right now is um atheist.indymerch.com you can really help fans out now by just buying a shirt you buy a shirt from your favorite band, and, and it, you know if everybody, if everybody did that, it, you know it, it would really help out a lot. And um, you know you can find us on uh, official Atheist Band on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, definitely go over there and hit us up. We're very interactive. We'd love to talk to people. Um, so you know if you have any questions or, or just you know want to shoot the shit about metal, I'm always there on those websites. And um, yeah so uh atheist dot indiemerch dot com and also shadow kingdom Records is an official just in the of our merch and, and uh i also want to say that i you know in this in this quarantine uh i ended up writing this uh this set of songs that's gonna be a new band called uh till the dirt and after i hang up i'll if you send me your email i'll send you guys a few songs it's it's like um it's a, it's if if you can imagine a if sound or scandinavian so it's like a black metal what? sound garden. It's like really <laughs> fucking, and, and oh, wow. it wasn't intentional. It's just in the middle of writing all these atheist um, riffs and, uh, like I said, three and a half hours worth of stuff, these songs sort of emerged out of there. And the first two songs um, emerged, in, and I sent it around to like June Hoagland and Steve DiGiorgio and all, all my all my sort of heavyweight music friends just to kind of get a, a peer review of, of everything. I sent it to, you know, Borri at Blabbermouth and uh, people I knew would not bullshit me you know, and, yeah. um, they all came back with the same thing. Like, "Whoa, what the fuck is this? This is, and it's like this combination of, of, um, I don't know. Um, my voice being, uh, it's, I'm vocally, I've never done anything like this at all. It's really, really its fucking heavy and brutal. And, um, I'm really excited about it. And, uh, I, I, I finished in the month of August, I did 10 songs. I just finished the 11th one now. And wow. so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm real excited about it. So before, you know, I didn't count on putting this other thing together, but, Super, uh, it's super unique and different and very, it's, it's like a really catchy extreme metal, but in a, in a different way. It's, a, it's hard to explain because you don't typically get that grungy Soundgarden type vibe in extreme metal. You know, no. there's usually a pretty di- a, a divide there that's it's never really crossed over. But somehow that, that this has that that kind of feel. So well, you can you know judge for yourself. I'll send you guys a couple of uh, of MP3s and uh Sweet. It. Everybody seems to be feeling it so far, and so it's it's fun when you create something because you know I've written a lot of music. Sometimes I send it to people and I never hear back from them, and uh, you know it's it's you can tell they just don't want to be insulting. You know <laughs> they're like oh, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to hear atheist, or they'll come back. When's the next atheist album? But this stuff I've been sending around to people, and they're like, holy shit, this is. This is really mar- super catchy, but heavy as shit, and uh, and it kind of combines um it combines my world of neurotica and my world of atheism, So I'm using a, a clean voice, but not in a, not in a typical clean way. It's a it's in a grungy sort of way, and uh, but you know maybe some people will wrinkle their nose at that, but I don't I don't think they will when they hear it. It's kind of it's got a lot of groove to it, and and a lot of viciousness. It sounds like. A, at times, it sounds like a really good cat fight. <laughs> it's like that's just a really, really uh, tortured sounding. So, um, yeah, their, I'm, I'm excited about it.
1: What did you think about it? What's that? What was your three year old's judgment of your new band?
0: Well, he's the executive producer on it because, like, I literally <laughs> he, uh, he he uh, he sits here on the couch while I'm doing vocals and uh, what I mean. Paul patrols on in the background, and <laughs>
3: the, the
0: great thing about being able to, to record with studios these days is that you can sit in your living room and <clears throat> with headphones and make all these incredible sounds. And I don't have to have a, an amplifier; I can play my guitar through plugins, right. and and they have these incredible plugins now, and that that sound better than if you had an amp. So I can make all all kinds of noise in the corner, and he sits and listens to. I mean, he's he's in eleven songs in now. I think something out of my fucking mind when you hear the vocals and you imagine a three-year-old sitting there <laughs> while I'm doing these vocals like uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know so he's you know, he's great you know and he's like Dad, daddy what are you doing and I'm like no, I'm doing vocals and he's like vocals and, all right doing vocals so he's he's gonna remember this time uh, I think when he gets older you know it's it's they say that in the first first three years of the formative years of, of a kid's life and the kind of how they're programmed you know and Yeah, and so he's he's definitely being programmed in the songwriting mode.
1: (laughs) Definitely, definitely. It was funny. Like when I was pregnant with my kid, I I would sing to the child when it was in my womb. I was like, "All right, they're going to recognize the songs when they come out." Absolutely. And what I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. And I had all these like grandiose dreams of how amazing it would be when the kid would tear up and I sang the lullaby. What he did actually recognize. Was that moi, 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 moi? moi. <laughs> just that. I was thinking <laughs> throughout my pregnancy to this girl, and and that was what he had latched onto. So, no reaction for the lullabies, but moi, 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 moy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Now he's free. Oh, what I have to say about my singing is, Mom, you're just way too loud. Just be careful.
0: <laughs> 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 he just sometimes thinks, he just comes over and taps me on his shoulder and says, What are you doing? Like he doesn't, but now I think he gets now that it it has nothing to do with me being upset or or angry. Right,
1: Right. uh, yeah. So
0: if I ever, the problem now is if I ever do yell at him, he's going to be like, oh, we're doing vocals. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not doing vocals. I'm fucking yelling at you right now. (laughs) You smashed up the fucking car. That's fucking pissed off. Oh, we're doing Don't make me come right back on. there. <laughs> yeah. no yeah, Enjoy the conversation, you guys.
2: Before I let you go, you said you were using guitar amp plugins. What plugins are you using?
0: I'm using the STL Tone Hub. Um, nice. I'm using and, and uh, Mark Lewis was kind enough to send me his pack when it came out uh, about two three months ago, and oh my god, it's just it's a, I, I feel like I have uh, two hundred thousand dollars worth of amps. I got. Um, it's unbelievable, got, isn't it? Yeah, I just—I mean—I can't believe the tracing and, and the and the ability to to just and and even after I record a song, I'd be like, hey, you know, i go, you know—I don't know if I like those guitars and just click. Oh, well, let me let me try Mesa Boogie. Oh, mm-hmm. let me try Soldano, Well, let me let me try PB. Uh It's just fucking. There's no way that I could ever afford or anybody could ever afford to, to, and or have the time to to do that. And and they've just gone to great lengths to create these perfectly compressed. Killer sound, so you can hear all your picking, and yeah. and it's just right at your fingertips. And I just can't say enough about it. If if you're a guitar player at home, and you're not able to play loud, you know because you live in an apartment or whatever, I highly recommend you get the uh, STL Tone Hub. Oh, and um, yester- yesterday they base. just
2: yesterday they just released Amp Hub, which is kind of like Tone Hub, except it's a subscription model, so you pay ten bucks a month, and they they just add oh. new amps in every month.
0: Oh, that's a great idea!
2: It's crazy. Oh,
0: that's I can, I just say. I mean, it's and Will Putney, all these different producers that have you know created all these great guitar sounds, and and they've all captured them. And so I just and you know and the drum loops today are are really incredible, uh, really high quality drum loops. And and uh, you know they've got metal drummers to create all these you know, amazing 18 different kinds of blast beats I can use. And and it's great because, you know, if if I'm writing and I'm a lot of times I, I I roll out a loop and I, and I write just spontaneously. So to ask a drummer to play for an hour solid perfectly, (laughs) Hey man, play this part 150 times in a row perfectly. So I can get this riff right. Thank you. (laughs) You know, that's never going to happen with a real drummer. So (laughs) it it, it allows me to create in a way that I don't think would be possible. And, um, now I'm all for you know atheist is all about writing and, and and being in the same room together, but uh but this is a you know a, a great way to kind of just tap into different different things that you would normally do, and again you know uh, there's no drummer on the planet that can play perfectly for an hour and uh, and not want to punch you in the face at at the end of it, and so <laughs> it's nice. It's been a really refreshing way of writing, and I've got I've gotten a lot done and real excited about it. so
3: nice Kelly, thank you so much, I appreciate it. Stay safe down hey, there. My, my, my
0: pleasure. You oh, do the same, all right? Stay safe.
3: Yeah. What, Cheers.
0: Nice, nice to well. meet you as well. Okay. All right, see you, see you on the road. Bye
4: bye. Welcome to my 120 seconds or less of Brutally Delicious. I'm Ashley, and today we are checking out a band that you should be adding into your top 10, at least very, very soon, if not now. If you have any decent taste in music or at least heed my reviews um you need to go check out where you can right now um it's ghost of a fallen soldier it actually came out two years ago but that will give you a little taste of what these guys are capable of before their next release of unearthly creature that comes out in early december i think it's december 4th and uh you can... It's such a weird sound to describe how even Deftones sounds. Um, I think that's... I like that, uh, style influence kind of ticker, you know, with them. I think they actually gravitate more towards Deftones style than, say, like, Russian Circles or Cloud Kicker. Um, which I love. Because Deftones has always been one of my favorite bands, and they, they're, they're basically one of the bands that I ever started, ever started, first started listening to when I was growing up. And these guys, they just, they, every, every single fucking song that they put together is just so solid and mesmerizing that you will not, you will not like skip to the next song, like 20 or 30 seconds into the song. i I end up doing that a lot with my random spurts of ADHD. But, with that being said, seriously, this this new EP, Unearthly Creature, will be... I think it'll be available in CD form and digital formats, you know, anywhere you want to look. Apple Music, YouTube, Spotify. Um, But, like I said, it won't be out until December the 4th. um, But you're not going to want to miss it. So, until then... Go check out Ghost of a Fallen Soldier and your ears will fucking thank you. We'll catch you next time. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast.